Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions. We are in day three of our look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 4 to 7 today. As we walk through this chapter, we're doing some different kinds of Bible studies in each uh, each day. Day one, we did a character study as we looked at the relationships of Paul. Day two, a word study, how to thank God for others. And today, we're going to do what, what I would call an outline study, where you outline the phrases of a passage. Let me read for you the passage we'll be looking at today, verses 4 to 7. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith and all the persecutions and trials that you're enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. Now, there are many ways to do an outline study. Some like to do a grammar outline. I personally like to do an outline of the key phrases that I see in a passage as I walk through it, uh, the key actions and the verbs or the key phrases that describe something. Now, that might mean I outline a section in a different way at different times when I'm studying it, but that helps me to get the most out of it as I study it. In this passage, as you walk through it, what I see popping out at me is what is said about God and who he is and what is said about us and who we are. Three things I see popping out in this outline. God is right. Then I see later on, you are worthy. And then a little later on, down in verse six, God is just. Let's walk through that. First, God is right. In verse five, this is evidence that God's judgment is right. God is right in his judgments. Now, it begins by saying this is evidence that God's judgment is right. What is the evidence? Well, that's why I included verse four from yesterday. Uh, Verse 4 from yesterday, we talked about their perseverance, their faith, the faith, hope, and love that this church had. Paul says the way that you're living your life out is evidence of who God is in this world and that God's choice of you and God's work in your life is a right thing, is a good thing. It's evidence of God's work that you're living out the Christian life. And in a way, that flips your perspective. Any good thing that you do as a believer, it's not evidence of how good a Christian you are. It is evidence of how good a choice God has made, how good a God God is in his choice of you and in his work in your life. God is right. And because of that, you are worthy. As a result, in the middle of verse five, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Now, the first thought you might have is, me, I'm worthy? I mean, I I thought even theologically, the whole point was that I'm not worthy. I can't earn my salvation that Jesus saved me, an unworthy sinner. Yes, he saved you, and he also did something more. He made you worthy. As a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. As a result of what? As a result of God's judgment, not your works, not the good things you've done, as a result of God's judgment. And note there that it says you will be counted worthy. It's not earned, it's counted God has put you in the worthy column because of what Jesus Christ did for you. And worthy of what? This is how you do an outline study. You just walk through the phrases. You're worthy of a kingdom, God's kingdom. Just let that soak in for a second. No matter what ugly thing somebody says to you today, no matter how unworthy you feel, you're worthy of a kingdom. God is right. You are worthy. And then God is just. God is just. Those three words are a source of comfort and strength, or they're a source of anxiety and fear, depending on one thing, your trust in God. 
If you trust in God, then the fact that he is just, that comforts you, that strengthens you. But if you're living your life apart from God, you don't want to hear those words. Now, sometimes we look at this, God is just, and honestly, we think it doesn't look that way now. I mean, I see, I see wicked people prospering, and I see good, righteous people who never seem to get their due in this world, who never seem to be recognized for who they are, and in fact, maybe who are suffering because they've done good. Well, just remember, now is not when the scales are balanced. The verdict is not yet returned. The crops are not yet gathered. The payday has not yet arrived. God says it is going to arrive someday. He is just. And because of that, he will cause trouble for those who cause trouble, and he will bring relief to those who are troubled. Now, before we talk about when that's going to happen, let me just say four quick things about that. Because some of us look at this and think, wow, God's going to cause trouble for those who cause trouble. Is that some kind of revenge? Let me say four things about what the Bible says here. First of all, some of the trouble for those who cause trouble is in the consequences that they face on this earth. There are times when I cause trouble for others, or you cause trouble, or someone else does, and I face immediate consequences for that. That sometimes happens, but not always. That is not always when you see trouble come upon those who cause trouble. Some of it is in the eternal consequences that we face for this. Second thing I'd say about this causing of trouble is that this is especially true for those who trouble the powerless, someone who can't escape from the trouble that's being caused them. Whether it's a person or a country, leaders of a country, or a company, the leaders of a company, when you trouble someone who is powerless to change those facts, God, God is the God of the powerless. And those who trouble the powerless will have to answer to God. They will be troubled by God. A third thing I'd say about this causing of trouble for those who cause trouble is that there is forgiveness. Remember, Paul was the one who troubled the church before he became a believer. So as he writes this, it's not hopeless for the persecutor. This persecutor, Paul, eventually found grace and was able to write these words. Now, when I'm forgiven by the grace of God, I may still have to suffer some of the consequences on this earth for the trouble that I've caused others. But Jesus has taken away the penalty in my relationship with God, and he's taken away the consequences that would have occurred in eternity. There is forgiveness. I will cause trouble for those who cause trouble and relief for those who are troubled. There will be relief that comes. And sometimes that comes on this earth. It always comes in God's comfort and love. Sometimes it comes even in practical ways. But the scales are not going to be balanced until Jesus returns. And that, that bugs us as Americans. We want it now including God's answers and God's judgment. Truth is, as Americans, life is almost good enough. And so because of that, we think we can get there. We can get to the kind of joy we're going to have in heaven. We can get to the kind of justice we're going to have in heaven. We're going to get to the kind of relationship with God and answers that we're going to have in heaven. It feels like it's just out of our reach, but it is not. The truth is, for most people down through history, and for many of the things in your own life, justice will not be seen until the end. For a slave torn from his family, her family in Africa, and mistreated by an owner in America hundreds of years ago, justice will not be seen until the end. For the citizen of a nation who's starving because of a leader who cares only about himself, justice will be seen, but it will be seen in the end. For a woman who has been denied and denigrated by her culture, justice will be seen, but it will be seen in the end. For a Christian who's been tortured for his faith, for her faith, Justice will be seen, but it will be seen in the end and in your own life for a wrong that's been done to you, maybe a wrong that caused the death or caused the deep hurt of someone that you love. Justice will be seen, but it will be seen in the end for something that was stolen from you, 
and may still be benefiting that thief. And it's influenced your life, your quality of life. Justice will be seen. It'll be seen in the end. When do I see his justice? Justice is seen when Jesus is revealed. That's the end that I'm talking about. These verses say that he will be revealed in power. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. I trust that to be true because I trust in the character of God. The question of justice is a question of trust. Do you trust God? If so, you can leave justice in his more than capable hands. These verses that we've read today, these are the facts about God and the facts about you. God is right. God is just. And because of who God is, right and just, you are worthy, made worthy by Christ. Circumstances in your life may cause it to look like those facts are just not true. God isn't right, and he's not just. Life isn't working out like it should, and I'm certainly not worthy. When I feel that way, when I feel like circumstances are saying that these truths are a lie, in that moment, I have a choice. I can trust my impressions of the moment, or I can trust in the truth of God. Now, your impressions, they may seem to be more real, but it is God's truth that is real, that will last. So let's trust his truth together right now. So we pray together, maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a long time, maybe in a deeper way than you ever have before. Trust God's justice. God, say to him, you are just. And so I trust justice into your hands because I trust you. Instead of trying to exact justice by my own effort, I trust you to accomplish complete justice by your mighty hand. And you may even need to get more specific and say to God, God, in this area, this area that I've been letting eat me alive, where I want to make it right on my own strength, on my own energy, God, show me what you want me to do. I'll do whatever I should do about this. But I trust you in the end for justice and not me. I trust you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to be looking together at verses 8 to 10 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. <music>